Epistle 75 of Epistles of Cyprian by Cyprian, translated by Robert Wallace. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Epistle 75 to Magnus on baptizing the Novatians and those who obtain grace on a sickbed. Argument. The former part of this letter is of the same tenor with those that precede, except that he inculcates concerning the Novatians what he had in substance said concerning all heretics. Moreover, insinuating, by the way, that the legitimate succession in the See of Peter is known as the Church may be known. In the second part, which hitherto, as the title sufficiently indicates, has been wrongly published as a separate letter, he teaches that that is a true baptism wherein one is baptized by sprinkling on a sickbed as well as by immersion in the church. Cyprian, to Magnus his son, greeting. With your usual religious diligence, you have consulted my poor intelligence, dear son, as to whether, among other heretics, they also who come from Novatian ought, after his profane washing, to be baptized and sanctified in the Catholic Church with the lawful and true and only baptism of the Church. Respecting which matter, as much as the capacity of my faith and the sanctity and truth of the divine scriptures suggest, I answer that no heretics and schismatics at all have any power or right, for which reason Novatian neither ought to be nor can be accepted, inasmuch as he also is without the church and acting in opposition to the peace and love of Christ from being counted among adversaries and antichrists. For our Lord Jesus Christ, when he testified in his gospel that those who were not with him were his adversaries, did not point out any species of heresy, but showed that all, whatsoever who were not with him, and who, not gathering with him, were scattering his flock, were his adversaries, saying, quote, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth, end quote. Moreover, the blessed Apostle John himself distinguished no heresy or schism, neither did he set down any as specially separated, but he called all who had gone out from the church and who acted in opposition to the church antichrists, saying, quote, Ye have heard that antichrist cometh, and even now are come many antichrists. Wherefore, we know that this is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. End quote. Whence it appears that all are adversaries of the Lord and Antichrist who are known to have departed from charity and from the unity of the Catholic Church. In addition, moreover, the Lord establishes it in his gospel and says, quote, But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. End quote. Now if they who despise the church are counted heathens and publicans, much more certainly is it necessary that rebels and enemies who forge false altars and lawless priesthood and sacrilegious sacrifices and corrupted names should be counted among heathens and publicans, since they who sin less and are only despisers of the church are by the Lord's sentence judged to be heathens and publicans. But that the church is one, the Holy Spirit declares in the Song of Songs, saying in the person of Christ, quote, My dove, my undefiled, is one. She is the only one of her mother. She is the choice one of her that bear her. End quote. Concerning which also, he says again, quote, A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring sealed up, a well of living water. End quote. 
But if the spouse of Christ, which is the church, is a garden enclosed, a thing that is closed up cannot lie open to strangers and profane persons. And if it is a fountain sealed, he who, being placed without, has no access to the spring, can neither drink thence nor be sealed. And the well also of living water, if it is one and the same within, he who is placed without cannot be quickened and sanctified from that water, of which it is only granted to those who are within to make any use or to drink. Peter also, showing this, set forth that the church is one, and that only they who are in the church can be baptized, and said, quote, In the ark of Noah, few, that is, eight souls were saved by water, the like figure whereunto even baptism shall save you, end quote. Proving and attesting that the one ark of Noah was a type of the one church. If, then, in that baptism of the world thus expiated and purified, he who was not in the ark of Noah could be saved by water, he who is not in the church to which alone baptism is granted can also now be quickened by baptism. Moreover, too, the Apostle Paul, more openly and clearly still manifesting the same thing, writes to the Ephesians and says, quote, Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water, end quote. But if the church is one, which is loved by Christ, and is alone cleansed by his washing, how can he who is not in the church be either loved by Christ or washed and cleansed by his washing? Wherefore, since the church alone has the living water and the power of baptizing and cleansing man, he who says that any one can be baptized and sanctified by Novatian must first show and teach that Novatian is in the church or presides over the church. For the church is one, and as she is one, cannot be both within and without. For if she is with Novatian, she was not with Cornelius. But if she was with Cornelius, who succeeded the bishop Fabian by lawful ordination, and whom, beside the honor of the priesthood, the Lord glorified also with martyrdom, Novatian is not in the church, nor can he be reckoned as a bishop, who, succeeding to no one, and despising the evangelical and apostolic tradition, sprang from himself. For he who has not been ordained in the church can neither have nor hold to the church in any way. For the faith of the sacred scripture sets forth that the church is not without, nor can be separated nor divided against itself, but maintains the unity of an inseparable and undivided house, since it is written of the sacrament of the Passover and of the Lamb, which Lamb designated Christ, quote, In one house shall it be eaten, you shall not carry forth the flesh abroad out of the house, end quote which also we see expressed concerning Rahab, who herself also bore a type of the church, who received the command which said, quote, Thou shalt bring thy father, and thy mother, and thy brethren, and all thy father's household unto thee into thine house, and whosoever shall go out of the doors of thine house into the street, his blood shall be upon him, End quote in which mystery is declared that they who will live and escape from the destruction of the world must be gathered together into one house alone, that is, into the church, but whosoever of those thus collected together shall go out abroad, that is, if any one, although he may have obtained grace in the church, shall depart and go out of the church, that his blood shall be upon him, that is, 
that he himself must charge it upon himself that he perishes, which the Apostle Paul explains, teaching and enjoining that a heretic must be avoided as perverse and a sinner and as condemned of himself. For that man will be guilty of his own ruin, who, not being cast out by the bishop, but of his own accord, deserting from the church, is by heretical presumption condemned of himself. And therefore the Lord, suggesting to us a unity that comes from divine authority, lays it down, saying, quote, I and my Father are one, end quote. To which unity, reducing his church, he says again, quote, And there shall be one flock and one shepherd, end quote. But if the flock is one, how can he be numbered among the flock who is not in the number of the flock? Or how can he be esteemed a pastor who, while the true shepherd remains and presides over the church of God by successive ordination, succeeding to no one and beginning from himself, becomes a stranger and a profane person, an enemy of the Lord's peace and of the divine unity, not dwelling in the house of God, that is, in the church of God, in which none dwell except they are of one heart and one mind, since the Holy Spirit speaks in the Psalms and says, quote, it is God who maketh men to dwell of one mind in a house, end quote. Besides, even the Lord's sacrifices themselves declare that Christian unanimity is linked together with itself by a firm and inseparable charity. For when the Lord calls bread, which is combined by the union of many grains, his body, he indicates our people whom he bore as being united, and when he calls the wine, which is pressed from many grapes and clusters and collected together, his blood, he also signifies our flock linked together by the mingling of a united multitude. If Novatian is united to this bread of the Lord, if he also is mingled with this cup of Christ, he may also seem to be able to have the grace of the one baptism of the church, if it be manifest that he holds the unity of the church. In fine, how inseparable is the sacrament of unity, and how hopeless are they, and what excessive ruin they earn for themselves from the indignation of God, who make a schism, and forsaking their bishop, appoint another false bishop for themselves without. Holy Scripture declares in the book of Kings, where ten tribes were divided from the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, and forsaking their king, appointed for themselves another one without. It says, quote, and the Lord was very angry with all the seed of Israel, and removed them away, and delivered them into the hand of spoilers, until he cast them out of his sight. For Israel was scattered from the house of David, and they made themselves a king, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. End quote. It says that the Lord was very angry, and gave them up to perdition, because they were scattered from unity, and had made another king for themselves. And so great was the indignation of the Lord against those who had made the schism, that even when the man of God was sent to Jeroboam to charge upon him his sins and predict the future vengeance, he was forbidden to eat bread or to drink water with them. And when he did not observe this and took meat against the command of God, he was immediately smitten by the majesty of the divine judgment, so that returning thence he was slain on the way by the jaws of a lion which attacked him. And dares any one to say that the saving water of baptism and heavenly grace can be in common with schismatics, with whom neither earthly food nor worldly drink ought to be in common? Moreover, the Lord satisfies us in his gospel, and shows forth a still greater light of intelligence, that the same persons who had then divided themselves from the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, and forsaking Jerusalem, had seceded to Samaria, should be reckoned among profane persons and Gentiles.
For when first he sent his disciples on the ministry of salvation, he bade them, saying, quote, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. End quote. Sending first to the Jews, he commands the Gentiles as yet to be passed over, but by adding that even the city of the Samaritans was to be omitted, where there were schismatics, he shows that schismatics were to be put on the same level as Gentiles. But if anyone objects by way of saying that Novatian holds the same law which the Catholic Church holds, baptizes with the same symbol with which we baptize, knows the same God and Father, the same Christ, the Son, the same Holy Spirit, and that for this reason he may claim the power of baptizing, namely, that he seems not to differ from us in the baptismal interrogatory, let any one that thinks that this may be objected know first of all that there is not one law of the creed, nor the same interrogatory common to us and to schismatics. For when they say, quote, Dost thou believe the remission of sins and life eternal through the Holy Church? End quote. They lie in their interrogatory, since they have not the Church. Then, besides, with their own voice, they themselves confess that remission of sins cannot be given except by the Holy Church, and not having this, they show that sins cannot be remitted among them. But that they are said to have the same God the Father as we, to know the same Christ the Son, the same Holy Spirit, can be of no avail to such as these. For even Korah, Dathan, and Abiram knew the same God as did the priest Aaron and Moses. Living under the same law and religion, they invoked the one and true God who was to be invoked and worshipped. Yet, because they transgressed the ministry of their office in opposition to Aaron the priest, who had received the legitimate priesthood by the condensation of God and the ordination of the Lord, and claimed to themselves the power of sacrificing, divinely stricken, they immediately suffered punishment for their unlawful endeavors, and sacrifices offered irreligiously and lawlessly, contrary to the right of divine appointment, could not be accepted, nor profit them. Even those very censers in which incense had been lawlessly offered, lest they should any more be used by the priests, but that they might rather exhibit a memorial of the divine vengeance and indignation for the correction of their successors, being by the command of the Lord melted and purged by fire, were beaten out into flexible plates and fastened to the altars according to what the Holy Scripture says, quote, to be it says, a memorial to the children of Israel, that no stranger, which is not of the seed of Aaron, come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he be not as Korah, End quote. And yet those men had not made a schism, nor had gone out abroad, and in opposition to God's priests, rebelled shamelessly, and with hostility. But this these men are now doing, who divide the church, and, as rebels against the peace and unity of Christ, attempt to establish a throne for themselves, and to assume the primacy, and to claim the right of baptizing and of offering. How can they complete what they do, or obtain anything by lawless endeavors from God, seeing that they are endeavoring against God what is not lawful to them? Wherefore, they who patronize Novatian or other schismatics of that kind contend in vain that any one can be baptized and sanctified with a saving baptism among them when it is plain that he who baptizes has not the power of baptizing. 
and, moreover, that it may be better understood what is the divine judgment against audacity of the like kind, we find that in such wickedness, not only the leaders and originators, but also the partakers are destined to punishment, unless they have separated themselves from the communion of the wicked, as the Lord by Moses commands and says, quote, Separate yourselves from the tents of those most hardened men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed in their sins. End quote. And what the Lord had threatened by Moses, he fulfilled, that whosoever had not separated himself from Korah and Dathan and Abiram immediately suffered punishment for his impious communion. By which example is shown and proved that all will be liable to guilt as well as its punishment who with irreligious boldness mingle themselves with schismatics in opposition to prelates and priests, even as also by the prophet Hosea the Holy Spirit witnesses and says, quote, Their sacrifices shall be unto them as the bread of mourning, all that eat thereof shall be polluted, end quote. Teaching, doubtless, and showing that all are absolutely joined with the leaders in punishment who have been contaminated by their crime. What? then can be their deservings in the sight of God on whom the punishments are divinely denounced? Or how can such persons justify and sanctify the baptized who, being enemies of the priests, strive to usurp things foreign and lawless and by no right conceded to them? And yet we do not wonder that, in accordance with their wickedness, they do contend for them. For it is necessary that each one of them should maintain what they do, nor when vanquished will they easily yield, although they know that what they do is not lawful. That is to be wondered at, yea, rather to be indignant and aggrieved at, that Christians should support antichrists, and that prevaricators of the faith and betrayers of the church should stand within in the church itself. And these, although otherwise obstinate and unteachable, yet still at least confess this, that all, whether heretics or schismatics, are without the Holy Ghost, and therefore can indeed baptize, but cannot confer the Holy Spirit. And at this very point they are held fast by us, inasmuch as we show that those who have not the Holy Ghost are not able to baptize at all. For since in baptism every one has his own sins remitted, the Lord proves and declares in his gospel that sins can only be put away by those who have the Holy Spirit. For after his resurrection, sending forth his disciples, he speaks to them, and says, quote, As the Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them, and said to them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they shall be remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they shall be retained. End quote. In which place he shows that he alone can baptize and give remission of sins who has the Holy Spirit. Moreover, John, who was to baptize Christ our Lord himself, previously received the Holy Ghost while he was yet in his mother's womb, that it might be certain and manifest that none can baptize save those who have the Holy Spirit. Therefore, those who patronize heretics or schismatics must answer us whether they have or have not the Holy Ghost. If they have, why are hands imposed on those who are baptized among them when they come to us, that they may receive the Holy Ghost, since he must surely have been received there, where if he was, he could be given? But if heretics and schismatics, baptized without, have not the Holy Spirit, and therefore hands are imposed on them among us, 
that here may be received what there neither is nor can be given, it is plain also that remission of sins cannot be given by those who, it is certain, have not the Holy Spirit. And therefore, in order that, according to the divine arrangement and the evangelical truth, they may be able to obtain remission of sins and to be sanctified and to become temples of God, they must all absolutely be baptized with the baptism of the church who come from adversaries and antichrists to the church of Christ. You have asked also, dearest son, what I thought of those who obtain God's grace in sickness and weakness, whether they are to be accounted legitimate Christians, for that they are not washed but sprinkled with the saving water. In this point, my diffidence and modesty prejudges none, so as to prevent any from feeling what he thinks right and from doing what he feels to be right. As far as my poor understanding conceives it, I think that the divine benefits can in no respect be mutilated and weakened, nor can anything less occur in that case, where, with full and entire faith both of the giver and receiver, is accepted what is drawn from the divine gifts. For in the sacrament of salvation the contagion of sins is not in such wise washed away, as the filth of the skin and of the body is washed away in the carnal and ordinary washing, as that there should be need of saltpeter, and other appliances also, and a bath, and a basin, wherewith this vile body may be washed and purified. Otherwise is the breast of the believer washed, otherwise is the mind of man purified by the merit of faith. In the sacraments of salvation, when necessity compels, and God bestows his mercy, the divine methods confer the whole benefit on believers, nor ought it to trouble any one that sick people seem to be sprinkled or refused, when they obtain the Lord's grace, when the Holy Scriptures speaks by the mouth of the prophet Ezekiel, and says, quote, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean, from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit will I put within you. End quote. Also, in Numbers, quote, And the man that shall be unclean, until the evening shall be purified on the third day, and on the seventh day shall be clean. But if he shall not be purified on the third day, on the seventh day he shall not be clean. And that soul shall be cut off from Israel, because the water of sprinkling hath not been sprinkled upon him. End quote. And again, quote, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the Levites from among the children of Israel, and cleanse them. And thus shalt thou do unto them, to cleanse them, thou shalt sprinkle them with the water of purification. End quote. And again, quote, The water of sprinkling is a purification. End quote. Whence it appears that the sprinkling also of water prevails equally with the washing of salvation, and that when this is done in the church, where the faith both of the receiver and giver is sound, all things hold and may be consummated and perfected by the majesty of the Lord and by the truth of faith. But, moreover, in respect of some calling those who have obtained the peace of Christ by the saving water and by legitimate faith, not Christians, but clinics, I do not find whence they take up this name, unless, perhaps, having read more, and of a more recondite kind, they have taken these clinics from Hippocrates or Serenus. For I, who know of a clinic in the gospel, know that too the paralytic and the infirm man, who lay on his bed during the long course of his life, his infirmity presented no obstacle to his attainment in the fullest degree of heavenly strength. 
nor was he only raised from his bed by the divine indulgence, but he also took up his bed itself, and his restored and increased strength. And therefore, as far as it is allowed me by faith to conceive and to think, this is my opinion, that any one should be esteemed a legitimate Christian who by the law and right of faith shall have obtained the grace of God in the church. Or if anyone think that those have gained nothing by having only been sprinkled with the saving water, but that they are still empty and void, let them not be deceived, so as if they escape the evil of their sickness and get well, they to be baptized. But if they cannot be baptized who have already been sanctified by ecclesiastical baptism, why are they offended in respect of their faith and the mercy of the Lord? Or have they obtained indeed the divine favor, but in a shorter and more limited measure of the divine gift and of the Holy Spirit, so as indeed to be esteemed Christians, but yet not to be counted equal with others? Nay, verily, the Holy Spirit is not given by measure, but is poured out altogether on the believer. For if the day rises alike to all, and if the sun is diffused with like and equal light over all, how much more does Christ, who is the true sun and the true day, bestow in his church the light of eternal life with the like equality? Of which equality we see the sacrament celebrated in Exodus, when the manna flowed down from heaven, and, prefiguring the things to come, showed forth the nourishment of the heavenly bread and the food of the coming Christ. For there, without distinction, either of sex or of age, an omer was collected equally by each one. Whence it appeared that the mercy of Christ and the heavenly grace that would subsequently follow was equally divided among all, without difference of sex, without distinction of years, without accepting of persons, upon all the people of God the gift of spiritual grace was shed. Assuredly, the same spiritual grace which is equally received in baptism by believers is subsequently either increased or diminished in our conversation and conduct, as in the gospel the Lord's seed is equally sown, but, according to the variety of the soil, some is wasted, and some is increased into a large variety of plenty, with an exuberant fruit of either thirty, or sixty, or a hundredfold. But, once more, when each was called to receive a penny, Wherefore should what is distributed equally by God be diminished by human interpretation? But if any one is moved by this, that some of those who are baptized in sickness are still tempted by unclean spirits, let him know that the obstinate wickedness of the devil prevails even up to the saving water, but that in baptism it loses all the poison of his wickedness. An instance of this we see in the king Pharaoh, who, having struggled long and delayed in his perfidy, could resist and prevail until he came to the water, but when he had come thither, he was both conquered and destroyed. And that that sea was a sacrament of baptism, the blessed apostle declares, saying, quote, Brethren, I would not have you ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. End quote. And he added, saying, quote, Now all these things were our examples. End quote. And this also is done in the present day, in that the devil is scourged and burned and tortured by exorcists, by the human voice and by divine power, and although he often says that he is going out and will leave the men of God, yet in that which he says he deceives and puts in practice what was before done by Pharaoh with the same obstinate and fraudulent deceit. When, however, 
they come to the water of salvation and to the sanctification of baptism, we ought to know and to trust that there the devil is beaten down, and the man dedicated to God is set free by divine mercy. For as scorpions and serpents, which prevail on the dry ground, when cast into water, cannot prevail, nor retain their venom, so also the wicked spirits, which are called scorpions and serpents, and yet are trodden underfoot by us, by the power given by the Lord, cannot remain any longer in the body of a man in whom, baptized and sanctified, the Holy Spirit is beginning to dwell. This, finally, in very fact also we experience, that those who are baptized by urgent necessity and sickness, and obtain grace, are free from the unclean spirit wherewith they were previously moved, and live in the church in praise and honor, and day by day make more and more advance in the increase of heavenly grace by the growth of their faith. And, on the other hand, some of those who are baptized in health, if subsequently they begin to sin, are shaken by the return of the unclean spirit, so that it is manifest that the devil is driven out in baptism by the faith of the believer, and returns if the faith afterwards shall fail, unless, indeed, it seems just to some that they who, outside the church, among adversaries and antichrists, are polluted with profane water, should be judged to be baptized, while they who are baptized in the church are thought to have attained less of divine mercy and grace. And so great consideration be had for heretics, that they who come from heresy are not interrogated whether they are washed or sprinkled, whether they be clinics or peripatetics, but among us the sound truth of faith is disparaged, and in ecclesiastical baptism its majesty and sanctity suffer derogation. I replied, dearest son, to your letter, so far as my poor ability prevailed, and I have shown, as far as I could, what I think, prescribing to no one, so as to prevent any prelate from determining what he thinks right, as he shall give an account of his own doings to the Lord, according to what the blessed Apostle Paul in his epistle to the Romans writes, and says, quote, Every one of us shall give an account for himself, let us not therefore judge one another, end quote. I bid you, dearest son, ever heartily farewell. End of Epistle 75, read by David Ronald.